Welcome to the episode. Our guest today is the child star turned actress, Rachel Herdwood. We'll be asking Rachel, how did she get to where she is? The ups, the downs, the surprises, an honest chat about the industry and what the passing months have had in store for her. Rachel's career began when she played Wendy in 2003's Peter Pan alongside Jeremy Sumter and Jason Isaacs. She's also known for her performance in Perfume alongside Alan Rickman and Ben Whishaw. Most recently, she can be seen in BBC drama Cleek. It's a life and fail! Rachel, so good to see you. It's been a long time. How have you been? And you. Good, thank you. Yeah, that's the How... short answer. How are you? <laughs> yeah, I'm good. I'm good. It's been a long time. I know. I haven't seen you for ages. Uh, years. A lot has happened. You've got a yes. whole family now. <laughs> God, yeah, I'm trying to think. I suppose we shot Beautiful Devils, must be five, six years ago, was it? I think so. Yeah, I think it was about that. God, that's crazy. Isn't I don't. It? I know. I don't feel sort of like it's been enough time to warrant having two children, but somehow it's happened. <laughs> that's a good. It's a good amount of time. We've all had a bit of a weird sort of year, year and a half, and it, it's all a bit strange. But you've been very busy. Yeah, I think before I had children, I realized I thought that you know you could be busy, and now I have a whole new appreciation of what busy actually can look like. Which I is, can imagine. You know, yeah, having a shower in less than a minute <laughs> is a real treat. <laughs> I mean, my um, my girlfriend's sister's just had a baby, yeah. and just because it's that slightly closer to home, I'm yeah. seeing how how stressful, how tiring, how like all consuming it must be. Yeah. Um, and I'm looking at it thinking, wow, I don't know, I don't know if I'm ready yet, but it's um, it how looks a lot of work. I'm 33 now, so I should be <laughs> I should be thinking about it. But is it? Do you want to have kids? Yeah, no, I do, I do definitely. Um, straight in there with the hard questions. Um, yeah. no, I, <laughs> I'm interviewing yeah. you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you've turned it around. Um, yeah, no, I do definitely, and it's it's one of those things that you just kind of, I guess, you're never ready for it. But um, yeah. when it happens, it happens, and then I'm sure it's great. There's something to be said for getting things done that you want to do and achieving things prior to having kids. But there's also something to be said for just getting on with it. So you can't mm. win. Basically, you can't win. <laughs> It, it is tricky isn't it because I yeah there is that thing especially as an actor going well I want to kind of achieve this before I have kids because then I might not have you know as much time or and actually it's going to happen when it happens and then you've got to kind of work with it and, and see what happens I guess. I, I think it, as well as not just having with having kids but with doing anything that isn't just sitting around hoping that you're going to get an acting job mm. it's there's a temptation as an actor to think you have to put that first and foremost and if you want to do a degree or go and travel or mm. do anything in life that isn't just acting or auditioning um you know that has to come second you think well maybe when I've when I've made x amount of money or maybe when I've done a leading role or whatever your kind of goal is you think I'll do I'll put everything else in the back burner until I've achieved this thing and I hate to say it but you might never achieve that thing or you might achieve that thing but not for 20 years mm. so you risk delaying all the things you really want to do um and I think that can be a bit dangerous because then you can become quite bitter if you think well I've been waiting for 15 mm. years to I don't know go and do this thing and I could have done it because you, you invariably have tons of time spent doing nothing and so yeah I do think there is something to just 
cracking on the things that you want to do. Oh, for sure. It's it's how long is a, a, a piece of string, isn't it? You're yeah. kind of waiting for something that may never come or it may come tomorrow. It's kind of, yeah. um, but I guess that's the exciting thing. You kind of never know day to day, your whole career and life can change. Um, and I guess I'm really, kind of I love the passions. fact that you think that's exciting. <laughs> <laughs> that's I try. Really beautiful, Elliot. I I'm trying to put a good spin on it. Being sincere. Well, I'm trying to put a good spin on it because you know you spend a lot of time thinking about you know these things, and you think, well, you've got to be positive because if you're not positive, it's just going to make it so much harder. Yeah. But it is tricky. It's really tricky to stay positive sometimes. Yeah. But, um, I mean, enough of that. I'd love to hear. Um, Because obviously we had George um, Mackay on here and he was talking about the wonderful experience he had on Peter Pan. Um, And I'm presuming here, but was that your was that your kind of introduction to the world of of acting or had you done anything beforehand? Yeah, I hadn't done anything before. It was um, not something I necessarily wanted to do. I wasn't really into drama or any of that. Um, And then I did an open call audition age 11 because my parents thought it might be a fun day out. So I did that and then landed the role of Wendy in that Peter Pan and got an agent and kind of went from there mm. so it was a bit of an accident mm. well a, a nice accident I presume that's yeah. it's a crazy I mean George said a similar thing it was kind of like a they had a few people at his school and it was kind of a, a one in a million sort of chance that it would have happened but I guess yeah. sometimes that's how it works isn't it and yeah and how you were on that for quite a while wasn't it, it was it was a long job it was nine months, yeah, nine months in Australia. Wow. Which was, I don't know, it was all very surreal. When you're that age, you're so young, you don't really have much concept of the fact that it's all really strange. It's just like, okay, this is happening now. And, mm-hmm. you know, um, but it was good. It was nice to be in Australia, if nothing else. Mm. Well, at that age as well, I remember thinking summer holidays that were like maybe six weeks or something like that would feel like forever. So, I mean, yes. like nine months must have felt like, a huge amount of time to be away from home yeah definitely and because each day was so different you know it was kind of I don't know it was my parents were there and my brother was there and my dad was kind of back and forth between the UK and Australia and mm. um, I don't know I, I mean it's such a long time ago now I can't really remember if it felt long or short but it was all it was all over and then it was back to school you know that must have been a strange one coming back from being a, away for so long and doing something so different and then going back to school and I'm sure it must have been weird with the kids as well, because, I mean, how do you relate to other people when you've gone off and done that? Was it something you talked about or was it kind of just like, you know, it did people really, ask you about it? Not really. I got teased a lot for it. It wasn't really the coolest thing to do, um, or at least it wasn't perceived as being the coolest thing to do. Mm. So I got a lot of, um, of shtick for it and I got a lot of teasing and, and all of that stuff. The boys were worse than the girls. Girls were pretty much fine about it, but the boys at my school were real, I don't know, just really? insert horrible. Because that's mad, isn't it? I mean, that's got to be jealousy, though. Surely you think that, you know, going and basically working and being the pretty much the lead in a Hollywood movie, like, that is a pretty insane thing at that age. And, and I suppose kids just don't know how to, to react to it. It's... But again, if you imagine, think think of being 11, 12 years old in a state school in Surrey. Mm. Um, it was just, it was very much anything different was just yeah. material for kind of teasing. I wasn't, it was, I wasn't badly bullied or anything, but there was, 
you know, it wasn't always that nice. And I did sort of switch classes a few times because there were a few individuals who made things really difficult. And it's just, it was mostly just silly stuff. But, um, you know, I just got called Wendy all the time and people would assume that I, you know, thought I was better than everyone else because I've gone and done it. But I don't think it was really an issue kind of relating to people because I think, you know, if you've grown up on film sets and you've led a very different life and then you go into like the normal world, that mm. must be difficult to relate to people. But because I'd had the normal life and then went off and did this thing and I came back, it wasn't difficult to separate the two things. Mm-hmm. Um, so it did just feel like um, just returning to, to normality. And yeah, I really sure. didn't want to seem any different. I think I did my hair in the exact same way on my first day back to school. And I really kept, I was always quiet anyway. So I kept my head down. It was just kind of like, back I don't want to make a big mm. thing about it let's just be cool guys <laughs> yeah, be cool guys let's get on with it and that was that was that before it was released that people yes. I guess they all knew that you'd done it but it hadn't come out how did the worst it... thing the worst thing was the fact that the school had decided to put up this uh, year seven photo of me in which my teeth were kind of poking through my lip and my ears were sticking through my hair it was really unflattering and they kind of plastered it around the school congratulations Rachel Herbwood our, our year eight pupil has gone off and done this thing and it was just like come oh, no, on I'm trying right. to keep a low profile here did you need to yeah you yeah, need to yeah. Do that? for everyone that didn't know here's what's happened like exactly. you're pointing out that's awful yeah oh, God. sometimes you think that you know kids do have it really hard at school and you just think things like that um it just makes it even worse doesn't it because you I remember you telling me you had for the film you had false teeth didn't you yes exactly yeah. So they gave my teeth, you... I needed them because my teeth were, well, I didn't need them, but my teeth were not Hollywood smile yeah, yeah. worthy. So yeah. they decided to stick on a big pair of fake ones and, oh man. <laughs> yeah, that, I mean, why, yeah, it's, it's such a strange thing, isn't it? I'm sure your teeth were perfectly fine, but they had a look. Well, they were wonky, but they were, they were just a kid's teeth, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Happens. Well, they looked very natural, though. I don't remember watching the film and thinking, oh, her teeth look weird. But I guess I didn't know what your teeth looked like before, so. Well, that was the, the genius of the prosthetic orthodontists who created the masterpiece that they did. <laughs> that must have been really difficult, though, to try and act naturally when you feel like your mouth's full of, like, these fake teeth. I had to get used to them. It definitely took a bit of getting used to. But, yeah. um... Just talking and things like that when you're... You know, you've got something in your mouth you're not used to. It must be weird. But they were on the front, so it wasn't too bad. Because I think if they'd been behind, then, yeah, you'd be kind of mm-hmm. be struggling to speak. But they were stuck on the front, so it wasn't too bad. <laughs> so with... the worst of my problems. <laughs> there were other things, yeah. Yeah. So after you did the film, did you... I mean, obviously having a bit of a... It sounds like a bit of a rough time coming back to school. Were you kind of, like, enthusiastic about then pursuing acting? Or were you kind of unsure what was the next step after you did that film um well I had an agent by this point because I think my dad had called up an agency and said my daughter's auditioning for this film it's looking like she might be in with a chance if she gets it would you be interested in representing her and they said yes um and then so that agent put me forward for other jobs Mm. and if I'm honest it wasn't really something I felt I had a great deal of agency in or um yeah control over it was just kind of like along the way people would say you know do you want to do this do you want to audition you know my mum and dad would ask do you want to do this and I just kind of felt like well I didn't really feel like I had a choice because it seemed like everyone's saying oh it's this incredible thing you know you're so lucky and what an amazing thing how incredible so you just kind of think oh right okay I guess I'm supposed to to do this but it wasn't really something I would have 
pursued otherwise mm. I wasn't the kind of you know you hear about the kind of kids who are like I was born to be you know looked at and to perform and all of that stuff and that definitely wasn't the mm. case for me um so I just kind of went along with it and um did the auditions and then whichever auditions went well those are the jobs that I got <laughs> that was kind of it, it was more of a kind of uh, muddling through rather than sure. an active thing it is difficult with when especially like if you're at school and there's the kids that are really into drama and they're like look at me and it's that kind of but actually further down the line I feel like those you barely ever see actors that have been doing it a while that are those kind of characters like they're really kind of I mean there are you know a few obviously but um, I do find that a lot of my friends that are actors they're a lot quieter and more withdrawn and a bit more kind of it's not that I want everyone to look at me and, and most of them don't want to watch their own work either so it's I don't know you don't just don't see many kids grow up to be adults and and act and be kind of really like controlling of the room and be that outgoing character probably in musical theater you do yeah true very maybe true. not in film so much I don't know but mm. I think you see those kind of personalities more in that world but that's not my world but I think yeah. you, you see a bit more of that there. that's true actually I've yeah I'm not a part of that world at all so I haven't really experienced it but um I mean you hear about actors that are very well established being very shy and very kind mm. of um it's not what you necessarily expect when you start out but yeah and so you you know, say obviously you're still are you, do you feel like that still that you're kind of stumbling through and you're kind of taking the jobs that come or have you has your attitude towards it changed at all or are you still just enjoying yeah. kind of seeing what comes well at the moment you know it's not been the most productive time acting wise I've been taking a bit of a hiatus with having kids and the mm. pandemic has helped with taking a hiatus as well <laughs> and enforced hiatus um it's not really been my priority for the last while so I feel in a um I just feel ill-equipped to answer but I think when I was about 18 or 19 making the switch from being a child actor to an adult actor that was the point at which things changed and it because it was then all on me to decide what I wanted to do and mm. um, for a while I kind of had to take well I think no I was about 21 when I took a bit of time off because I thought I don't know if this is what I want to do so I went off and worked in a cafe and kind of just moved to a different part of London and essentially got a life like did things that weren't just sitting waiting for mm. um the phone to ring um and that was really good because then it, I thought actually no I do miss it it took a while but I, I did eventually come to miss it so then it was me actively going back and saying yes I do want to do this rather than yeah it being something that was kind of forced on me or not forced it sounds so aggressive but something that just kind of mm. happened and I went along with it it became more of a a choice to, to pursue it no but that is an interesting angle to take it from because um <clears throat> you know talking to you and, and saying that it was you know something that was essentially not necessarily in your hands or your decision at first and yeah. you were kind of unsure about whether you wanted to do it because you do hear a lot of actors like I was born to do it it was my yes. calling yes. um no, so it's refreshing to hear it from a different angle because, I mean, we've all, as actors, had that moment. I know I've been on a job thinking, whether it be something, you know, because I'm not enjoying the job or just whatever it is, thinking, is this actually what I want to do? This is like, mm. um, you know, it's not the hardest job in the world, but it can something, it can be very mentally draining. Um, mm. And it can be something where you're like, you have to put a, all your effort into it. And it's like, you can't really have a bad day because people see it on screen yeah um 
so I, you know, there's definitely been times where I've been like, do I? I've been doing like a, a commercial in like Hungary or something, and I've been kind of doing, you know, something to do with like, and what comes to mind is like a, a phone advert or something, and you're there saying the same line over and over again. And you just think, am I going to be doing this forever? Like, do I really like? I'd love to do film. I'd love to do this and that. Um, and there's definitely trying times where you're kind of like, it's really hard, and having to fight for every job. Um, and I think the thing that people don't understand, like my girlfriend, when she goes for a new job, she's obviously very stressed about going. What does for the she interviews. do for work? She she works in. <laughs> I'm going to explain this really badly now. She's kind of like Chandler Bing. I don't know particularly what she does. It's like she works in an office. It's to do with recruitment. That's about as far as I can go with the description. Um, mm. It's a job I don't really understand. I'm sure she'd be delighted to hear that. <laughs> oh no no no! She you really paid attention. <laughs> No, she, she says the same thing. She's like, I don't really know how to describe. She's okay. a manager in a company. But, okay. um, she she has a very, yeah, very good job, a steady job. And she has that regular income, which we all dream of. Um, but it's it's that thing of when, you know, a person that works in a normal job has to go for an interview for a job. It's really stressful and it's, it's, it's hard. You kind of don't know what's going to happen. And for an actor, sometimes that is years of your life going into these auditions and trying to persuade someone that you you know you're the best thing for the job and very little comeback if, you, yeah. if you're having a you know a hard period so I mean, you have to be a bit mad because it's like you I, I don't know about other people but I find with auditions you sort of 99% of you assumes you're not going to get the job to kind of protect yourself from when you don't get the job yeah. but then there's that still tiny part of you that hopes and just thinks just maybe this will be the one so you have to cling on to that one percent to you know get yourself through the self-tape or the audition or whatever to, to not just be completely dejected like, <laughs> um, it's strange isn't it it is very strange I, I don't know if I ever mentioned this to you when we well I would explain obviously to the audience that we did a film called Beautiful Devils which was like a modern adaptation of Othello and I actually I saw you in an audition before um it was for The Hobbit and oh yeah and I I can't remember if I mentioned this to you when we were working together but I remember like obviously oh, no <laughs> what was it <laughs> no no it's not bad it's not bad. it's more bad on me basically I was working up in Liverpool at the time doing Hollyoaks and we weren't allowed to audition for things mm. so my well we weren't allowed to you know go off and try and get other jobs um and so my agent wasn't putting me for anything and um I took it into my own hands because I really I heard that they <laughs> they were auditioning the Hobbit and I thought I'm just going to go down I'm going to find out where this place is I'm going to go down you. there and um, I haven't done it before or since so it, it wasn't it didn't work well but I went down there and um, I can't remember who's casting it now it was the first round because they scrapped the whole thing I don't know if you remember they actually did those auditions and then it kind of went away for a bit and then they re-auditioned the whole thing and it was a completely different I think it was a different casting director a different everything but this was the first round and I I went in there and I remember seeing a few people I recognized but it was all women and I was thinking hmm there's no men here maybe I've come in the wrong day oh no <laughs> and then I saw you and I recognized you from Peter Pan and I I think I actually I did I was chatting to you because there wasn't many other people around and I was there, <laughs> I had my like, which you just don't do. I had my CV on a piece of paper ready to give it to the casting director. And I remember you just looking at me thinking, who is this 
like why are you here kind of thing because like I was the only guy there and you went and did your audition and then as you left I, I went up to the casting director as he opened the door I was like hi um I wanted to give my and I kind of blurted out and gave him my CV and he looked at me just like what the fuck are you doing? Like, I'd managed to sneak in the door when someone else was going, like, coming out and stuff. It's I love your tenacity. That's admirable. I mean, I was 21 at the time, so I just kind of was stupid and green to the whole thing. I wouldn't do it now, but I look back at it now and I think, how, how embarrassing was that <laughs> to go and do that? But desperate times. You. Why not? Desperate times. But um, so from that point, obviously, you you went on. I mean, you've done some really cool projects um and was it ever kind of i i mean i look at the things i've done and i've done some clangers but you you really <laughs> you, you even though you had like gaps between jobs you always did a really good job like did you was that on purpose did you pick and were there jobs that you kind of was like oh, actually i'm not going to do that one or or was it kind of like the draw that those were the jobs you got i just kind of yeah, looking at your yeah I mean, I think, you know, when people say, you know, why did you choose that job? I think, you know, we all know the truth is because that's the only job that I got. <laughs> but I think, you know, you'd filter out. If there was something that um, came in, if you have a, a decent agent, you know, when I say decent, I don't mean necessarily high profile, but decent as in they're going to have your best interests at heart. You can be quite yeah. clear on if you have anything in particular that you wouldn't want to do or you know would particularly want to do so hopefully before you've even auditioned for something or take for something you would have filtered out things that would be not suitable for you whether that's because I don't know if you wouldn't want to do certain subject matters or you wouldn't want to do I can't think of a particular example I don't know somebody might be against doing nudity or whatever it is so if there was something you strongly were against hopefully before you even went up for it you would you know not be not be not be going for it so sure. I think you kind of go for the things you know you'd be willing to do the job at the stage of going up for it rather than very true you know, I think totally that's free. that's where I probably went wrong earlier in my career my agent was probably <laughs> just chucking me at everything <laughs> just please do any job but that's um yeah no I mean you had uh you were in the film I, I don't know how much further along the line this was but the film Perfume yeah which I mean is an amazing film and like having um you know working with people like alan rickman and ben kingsley and people like that it's ben kingsley not ben kingsley ben Wishaw. yeah um that i mean that, at that point was that a kind of pinch pinch yourself moment or were you kind of because you'd already done quite a few films by then it was kind of like oh yeah i'm used to this now um i wasn't really pinch myself i'm honest not because i'm so arrogant that i think i'm you know incredible <laughs> or anything but just um Again, I was 15 when I did that. So I think I was probably about 14 when I was auditioning for it. And mm. it just felt like this, the whole acting world, going to London, doing auditions, it just was this strange little surreal bubble that I would enter into occasionally. And then I'd just go back to my normal life with my friends and school and all of that stuff. So it, it never felt like, um, never really felt like I belonged in that world, not in some deep existential crisis way, but just it was just sort of mm. there and I'd occasionally dip in and out of it. Um, so... I remember my agent saying, uh, of all the jobs, this is the one to go for this year. So I went and met the director and got on with him and got the job. But yeah, I don't know. Maybe I did feel differently at the time. It's, it's hard to say because, again, it was a while ago. So I'm sorry, I'm tedious yeah. interviewee. But um, <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was cool. But I guess as well, 
when you're filming, especially at that age, I didn't really have a sense of, oh, this is going to be an incredible project or, or anything like that, because you mm. can read a script and think it's the best thing ever, or, you know, hear about an idea and think this is incredible. This is going to be so successful. And then it's terrible or mm. the other way around. So it's difficult to know anyway. And especially at that age, I never really was a, a, ga a good gauge of whether something was going to be successful or good or, or any of that stuff. And mm. um, so, yeah, it had some big names attached to it, but um, yeah, I don't think I was particularly intimidated, but I think that's more just, I don't know, I just wasn't particularly intimidated, but not, again, not because it was like, I was just so comfortable in that world of surrounding <laughs> myself with high profile <laughs> actors. It's good, isn't it, to have, I mean, those experiences are just incredible, but to have that, I suppose maybe it comes with age to have that kind of greenness and naivety not to be intimidated just to be kind of like oh I'm here now this is you know where I am for now like I wish I had that now like because I can imagine like you know whenever I do a job if I'm working with someone really intimidating I am in my head going this guy would intimidate you um well to be fair I'm all right if I I'm more intimidated when I go in and do a smaller role because I feel like I'm less prepared because I'm just this tiny piece of a huge thing that you know you're in for a day and you kind of you don't necessarily get the homework or the the kind of backing for that part but if you're playing a lead which fortunately I have I've had the you know been fortunate enough to do that then you're so prepared by the time you get on set it's like nothing can phase you it doesn't matter but I've just found if I go in and do small parts I get quite wound up and nervous um the, the, you know you can have one line <laughs> and it's like you put all that pressure that you'd have on an entire film usually on that one line <laughs> yeah. how do I say this line naturally without sounding like some sort of alien yeah. um but yeah I, I I do find that the the more preparation is key for me yeah but if I go in there in any way I'm prepared which I never do now because I've learned from my mistakes over the years but that's when I get intimidated I think um, yeah do you, do you find how, how is it for you preparing like and learning lines and things like that does it come naturally or is it a, a grind I'm actually all right with learning lines it's um just the doing it that can be difficult I, you know it's always at the beginning of a job if you have a longer job and you're on it for a while then um at the beginning it can be more it can feel a bit clunkier and more forced and then as you go along you get more yeah. into it um and you always think I wish I could go back and redo the first bit because I was awful um, but uh, yeah, learning lines is okay. I think it's. I'd feel there. There are certain things I'd be wildly out of my comfort zone, so I tend to avoid anything where I'm going to be in that situation. So I can be cool as a cucumber as long as I'm fully in control and I'm you know, <laughs> not going to be forced to do anything that's uh, going to make me anxious. But um, things like, I think if if, uh, if there was an expectation that you were going to do like an improvisation or. Yeah. To be really funny, for example. Oh, right, I yeah. Think I find the pressure of that would, I wouldn't do well in that kind of pressure. And there are people who thrive with that kind of um, pressure, those kind of mm -hmm. circumstances. And I wouldn't have the, the, the knack for that. So, yeah, I'd, I'd be really anxious if it was like, oh, just go and do an improv. You know, when they say, like, sometimes in rehearsal it's like we're doing improv of your character in this situation you're like oh I don't want to do that <laughs> I don't want to yeah um, no sounding really ungrateful um but yeah there are just some things that I think you know you know where your strengths and your weaknesses are and mm -hmm. it's better to face your strengths 
I actually have the absolute opposite because I'm dyslexic. So whenever I learn a script, I learn it backwards pretty much. I'm like yeah. I'm trying to get the words out in the right order and it's it's awful and, and I really mm. have to I have to learn an entire script before I shoot it. Otherwise it goes wrong. So actually, weirdly, if someone goes impro, don't forget about the script. I'm like, thank God. Oh <laughs> um, yeah, bless you. So everyone's different. Um I wish I could I could be good at learning lines and 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 that structure is is something that I yeah I'm not so good at but we well, all have hard you've got the kind of the the dyslexia is going to be a bit of a barrier to that so I feel for you because that is tough oh I love to use it as an excuse I'm dyslexic <laughs> by the way <laughs> give me the job I'd be really good just... <laughs> that'd be great um but unfortunately that is the hard thing with auditions sometimes you know they give you the script the day before or two days before and I'm like trying to learn it um yeah that that can be that can be fairly tricky right so we've touched on like obviously you're doing all these jobs but what's it like when you know you have like time off and and it's not planned time off but you're waiting for the next job do you have do you have any sort of coping mechanisms for for kind of keeping yourself busy and and not overthinking it when I was younger I was really bad at this and would drive myself nuts and I say coping mechanisms weren't always that healthy (laughs) um but uh, I think so obviously now I'm just up to my eyeballs in small children the whole time and I don't have a second to breathe um, but in the past I think things that were really helpful were um, education so I did a degree with the Open University because I never finished university so that was really good something oh, to cool. focus on I've done courses when I lived in London I'd uh, go to City Lit and do courses there which is really good so I think focusing on things um, that you can get a sense of achievement from that aren't just, mm-hmm. you know, because I think if you, if you rely entirely on your acting career to give you self-worth and um, stimulation, you're, you're really going to struggle unless you're, you know, the, the 1% or whatever, mm. um, then you're going to really struggle. So finding things to do that were um, productive and good were, was a lifesaver. Um, I'd say that. And yeah. And just keeping doing, it sounds obvious, but just doing all the basic things like, um, also I trained as a Pilates teacher. Was it you, two years ago? I can't remember now, I've lost all sense of time and space, but I trained <laughs> as a Pilates teacher to have something to do, um, which is really good because instead of just doing the open university or whatever, which I finished now, it gets you out into the world and you're kind of engaging with people and you can get mm. a sense of achievement and like, oh, I've been useful today rather than just, yeah. Oh, I've thought about my career and my auditions and me, me, me. You know, that can all get a bit, it can get a bit too much. I think. Yeah, it's a bit claustrophobic sometimes. Yeah. That's good though, because um, obviously that's fitness as well. So it's kind of, it all goes into, uh, I'm, you know, finding, I, I do, um, well, I only recently started doing jujitsu, which um, I think it's like a, <laughs> it's like go and have some pain for an hour and then it'll take my <laughs> mind off, <laughs> take my yeah. mind off waiting for a job. Of but, the emotional pain. Yeah, I'll take it out on these poor people. Or usually they take it out on me. But um, <laughs> yeah, it's good to find a, a kind of release like that. And um, I mean, George had some very wise words to say about this. And, um, you know, I, I give myself a hard time. But he was like, you know, your time is filled with then trying to get these other jobs that people never even know you've been for. Or that you've There's a lot of time spent preparation wise um, on things that never actually come to anything and it's it's all those things that people don't see behind closed doors um 
but as you say it's important to have that separation and be able to go off and do something that's completely separate um, yeah. take your mind off it um because it can be pretty it can be I mean with the pandemic as well like everyone's in the same boat now so it's kind of yeah. in a weird way I've kind of enjoyed that a little bit because you see all these people that are usually working non-stop and you're like well no actually we're all in the same boat now so hopefully mm. we're all starting from square one um that's my theory <laughs> trying, to keep, trying to keep positive <laughs> yeah but um how was there for you I mean obviously you had a very strong start um going off and doing Peter Pan which I've already said to you before but I love that film I think it's a great film it's all been downhill from there Elliot <laughs> no I mean you've done 20 years ago <laughs> 20 is it 20 years now it's been a hard descent um I was hard well descent. 18 or something yeah. like that 18 years I think wow that's bad isn't it no but I mean the the jobs that you've done no one can take that away from you you've got them now that is you know no matter what happens you you've got those jobs and and they're amazing things that you've done along the along the way did any of those projects feel like at the time was there kind of a moment where you thought I've cracked this now <laughs> like that, was there a, there a moment like it felt like it got easier or I've made it I'm amazing <laughs> yeah, I have done it um but you know you kind of was there a moment where you went oh I'm actually quite I'm I'm getting good jobs now did you did you ever kind of no <laughs> <laughs> good I'm no, glad to I hear it um there's been long gaps between things not always yeah. that's not always been of my choosing um I think I've, I've I've been incredibly fortunate and I know that I've been really fortunate and I think doing piece you know, stumbling into that job age 12 mm. was kind of the key to doors opening for me which wouldn't necessarily have opened had I not done it and I'm aware of that so it's given me a, a kind of an advantage um and but but I have kind of experienced the the harsher side of it as well and you know I can appreciate that jobs don't come easily and there's a lot more I think when I started out as a child you don't really have I guess if you're a stage school kid then you probably would have a better understanding of all this but I didn't really understand the work that would have to go into it so mm. it was a bit of a, a shock to me if I'm honest when I got a bit older and realized that oh it's not just enough to be the kid that was in Peter Pan and just turns up to audition and audition does a passable job like you have to actually when I was suddenly competing against these people who you know who really put their heart and soul into it um and really made an effort and, and actually you know brushed their hair to go to an audition for example then um it occurred to me that there might be a bit more to it than just kind of showing up and mm. knowing half the lines um so no I don't think I've ever felt like I've made it there's, there's definitely been moments where I've thought oh this is really cool like I did this BBC thing called Clique a few years ago mm. and I felt good on that because I thought this is a good thing you know I like mm. the people I was working with it was an interesting character and so I felt good about it but I wouldn't say I've ever felt like I've made it because I've never really you know people talk about oh you just need that um breakthrough role and then things will come easily it's not really in my experience it's not really been like that you still you can do a high profile job but then you still don't get a book for anything so mm. it's quite harsh that way it's not like yeah I've not had that or, or perhaps I just haven't had that moment of a kind of breakthrough role that then you're hot property and you know you get put in everything it, yeah I mean that that is a dangerous thing isn't it you kind of think in your mind you're like oh well if I just get that one job but that's like saying 
if I win the lottery because I've bought a ticket, it's yeah. it's kind of like, well, yeah, it could happen, but you can't you can't base your whole kind of existence on that. You need to um you need to realize that it's hard and there's a lot of other people out there trying to do the same thing as you. Yeah. Um probably better. <laughs> <laughs> that's the thing, there's a lot of good actors out there. But yeah. then sometimes you do watch things and you think, he's shit, but he's yes. doing it. So, you know, there's hope. Um yeah. people can convince other people that they're really good if they're kind of you know broody or mysterious or they talk in a very sort of um existential way about acting then they can convince mm. you or casting directors that they're you know all oh, that person's really serious they're really good and then they kind of do a very average job um so some of it is a bit smoke and mirrors i think yeah well no one wants to be the guy that's really good at auditions but then when he goes and does the actual job he's bang average <laughs> Mm. I like to think I'm the other way around awful in an audition and then a little bit better in the job Uh, but did you uh, I mean your parents obviously putting you forward for Peter Pan did they have any sort of obviously they had the influence to do that but were either of them at all involved in the industry in any way or was it kind of just like oh this is a cool idea let's let's see if Rachel wants to do it and yeah, my, my dad was. My dad was an actor when he was younger um, mm. and he was really passionate about it. But it wasn't because of that that they suggested I went forward. It was my mum, actually, and she just thought it would be a day out to London. And then when the film came out, I could tell my friends that I auditioned for this film. Yeah. So it wasn't, it wasn't because it was like, oh, you know, go and go and do acting. It was just, mm. it really was just a, a sort of more random um, thing. And it just happened to work out, but it wasn't planned. Oh, that's nice. I mean, there must have been for something like that as well. There must have been so many people going for it. That I mean, if you just think about the chances of it, it's just crazy. And uh, I've actually weirdly, obviously working with you, I've worked with George, and um, there's been a few people along the way from that film that I've worked with, and it's like mm. I'm collecting the Lost Boys, and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's very strange. Um, you all seem to be still working and 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 surviving, even though you all started as um I guess child stars you you could say that um that I would say I would definitely say but um that's really nice though that it seems like everyone's kind of still following that path I mean I'm sure there's a few people that aren't but um you obviously still enjoy it and and it's something that you you still want to do um yeah. and I mean the fact that you can you can have a family and be acting as well you've kind of got your cake and you're eating it too so that's nice to see as well it's something that I worry about I mean we touched on it at the beginning like thinking about having kids and still balancing a career is um it's the unknown it's right I guess. for you you're a bloke you have to carry <laughs> the baby for nine months that's very true yeah <laughs> you don't have postpartum you'll be did, fine did you yeah that's true actually did you have did you audition much while you were actually pregnant um not really. I did a couple of self-tapes that just felt ridiculous because I did a slate, you know, and you have to like pan up and down your body and you're like, there's no getting away from the fact that I have an enormous stomach right now. <laughs> and I think, you know, it's all sometimes on the, the email when you get the audition through, it'll say, you know, we won't discriminate on basis of and then lists I do gender, ethnicity, any of these things. Sometimes it says things like pregnancy, blah, blah, blah. And you're like, that is such a lie. Like you're, mm. if you've got a choice between an actress who's not pregnant she <laughs> was pregnant and you know like there was one thing I did audition for when I was about eight months pregnant it was like filming in filming now I think and it was all horseback riding and stunts and whatever and I'm like oh wow come on obviously that's just gonna be obviously I'm not gonna get this job because that's <laughs> there's no way that I'd be insured to do that there's no way yeah. that I'd be physically able to do that right now 
Um, so, uh, yeah, it's it's a strange it's a strange thing, but I think you, yeah, I mean, you have to take a bit of a break, don't you? I mean, mm. some people don't. Good on them, but <laughs> good on. But good it on it must have been kind of nice to know that I have a legitimate excuse to actually be like, no, I'm I'm doing something else at the moment. Yeah. I don't have to be trying to hunt for work. Yeah. Um, but still very difficult to kind of still be going for things and yeah that's I mean you do see it occasionally but it's usually for someone's you know playing a character like um Lisa Kudrow was actually pregnant when she did Friends but then they Ooh. just wrote it into the story didn't they so yeah um but you can do that if you're in something um and you're filming regularly like that but I, guess... I did the second series of Cleek when my son was eight weeks old and oh, that wow. was mad because he was breastfeeding and I remember the producer being like so breastfeeding is like every three to four hours I was like it's on demand so it could be every 20 minutes I can't predict when yeah. I want to feed so I'd be doing trying to be playing this very um you know in control psychopathic cool person and then I'd hear him screaming and be like I'm really sorry I'm gonna have to I'm just run it off and like feeding and then running back in and that was all a really weird um a really weird experience and I did actually know I did a bit of it pregnant as well I did some of it when I was eight and a half months pregnant and then the rest of it when I was oh, really yeah wow that's... that was I already had that job so I don't have to like yeah hustle for it but that's great though that they obviously they have to but that's that's really good that they were accommodating and that you could do that so that shows that it's actually possible yeah. um we I, I did a film with um Mayanna Burning and she was she was pregnant I'm not pregnant sorry she just had the baby like literally mm. like fresh <laughs> uh, about a week before I think and wow. so she was yeah she was breastfeeding um but it was nice because they basically had a room for her on like just off set where her mm. husband would be there and then you know she'd have to go and feed the baby and everything else mm. um and it is yes yeah, it's, it's wicked that they accommodated that because it's it's obviously just adding more stress to the production but um yeah it's good that that's a thing um, is there a question that you dread? I, I'd give you an example. One for me is when you're at a wedding or something and someone says, oh, do I, yeah, what do you, do I know you or do you, like, what is it, the, are you an actor? Like, what do I know you from? And then you have yeah. to kind of justify your career and yourself to this person. And usually they haven't, they're like, no, I haven't seen any of those. No. <laughs> yeah, and then you just go, oh, yep. okay. Okay. Um, do you, yeah, I was going to say, do you have a question like that, or is that your dreaded question? I where... think that's probably yeah, that's probably the worst, isn't it? Because <laughs> it's just awkward. It's just awkward because you're like, well, I don't, I don't know what you've seen. Have you been in anything I might have seen? I don't know. I've not. I don't know your back catalogue of what you've seen, and um, you know, you have to kind of be polite, don't you, about it? You throw your um, biggest uh, credits at them, and then they go, ah, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, I think. Okay. Because of because of that, I always try and change the conversation quickly. Yeah. Um, but then I, it's not because I'm not because I'm trying to seem sort of aloof or or like cagey about it. It's more just I feel really awkward. Yeah, it really, it's a really awkward thing. And I just want to the last question: um, Is there a moment? Oh, this is your nightmare, actually. Be funny. <laughs> no, is there? Is there, you don't have to be funny. Is there a moment that you can recall that was the sort of the most did you have a humiliating moment ever on set um, where something went wrong and it was absolutely horrendous? I don't know how to end on such a negative note, but. Oh, great. Yeah. Thanks a bunch. I think <laughs> you were there for it. Um, oh, right. Okay. It was when we did Beautiful Devils and it wasn't really that it went wrong. It was just that, you know, I had to dance and kind of seem like I was having a really fun time. And 
I just remember getting the direction, you know, just have fun with it. Just have fun with it. I was like, you do not understand. This is my worst nightmare is standing on a stage, yeah. dancing in front of people and looking natural and looking like I'm having a nice time because I didn't want to make a big thing of it. And I probably did make a big thing of it, but I was trying to really have a word with myself before. I didn't want to be that person that comes to work and is like, oh God, I'm so anxious about this. Oh God, this is so embarrassing because no one wants to hear that. So just get on with the job. You know, you're not, you're not doing open heart surgery you're just acting so just you know stop making such a fuss that um, is horrible though that is one of those things you just there's nothing worse than someone going oh have fun like just have you're fun like, it's like, not fun it's like oh it's singing and dancing it. that's fun it's fun for some people it isn't fun for me it was really <laughs> i just i just thought this i'm just gonna make such an idiot of myself and it's it's not a good feeling when you think you're gonna make an idiot of yourself so i'd say that was probably up there but dominique was amazing and actually everyone was so supportive and nice about it and that almost makes it mm. worse it makes you want to cry doesn't it when people are just being like don't worry you'll be fine you'll, you'll be great don't worry like oh god i just wish somebody else could do it for me um, uh, so that's probably probably up there brilliant thank you rachel I'll, I'll, I'll let you go now but it's been wonderful to see you it's been a long time but um take care and um congratulations on all the babies <laughs> thanks so much <laughs> lovely to chat elliot and um, yeah lovely to talk to you take care bye bye thank you to our guest rachel we are a small independent podcast so we hugely appreciate your support and word of mouth thank you for listening to a life in film we hope we carry a positive message to those of you starting out those of you who are veterans in the industry and those of you who are simply fascinated by film it's a life in film to a life